Hi there. We're so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Volo. We at Volo are committed to guiding teens as they seek to create authentic relationships in our increasingly digital world. Once these youth experience the power of being in community and their vast capacity for connection, we challenge them to go out and make the world a better place. Our circle is open to every race, gender, sexuality, ability, religion, and background. Our podcast is a hub of inspiration for both teens and adults. Embers is a place where our teens share their stories as they navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood. We realize they've got a lot to teach us. What they hope for sounds good to us, too. Join us here as follow youth explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers burning in each of us. This month, our teens share what it feels like for them to live in this time. In an era of great challenges and an ever-shifting landscape, the teens explore their hopes for the future and how they believe connection and listening can help to unite our divided nation. Come along. Hi, I'm Dana. Hi, I'm Ren. Hi, I'm Gabe. I want to begin by thanking both of you for joining us today. I feel in a way that we are literally living in a moment of, I don't know, it feels like we have a whole chapter of a history book that has been this past month or two. And so I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with teens about what it felt like to live today. So we are in the, towards the end of January, 2021. And when someone asked me earlier, what's your podcast about this month? I said, it's listening to teens about what it feels like to live today. And so that's kind of the overview. And I'll just be honest that the topic has shifted even from the beginning of January when we planned it to today, because it's like history is unfolding right before us. I heard someone say recently that it's this notion of living decades in a month. And that's what I feel like there's just so much going on. And I'm curious to hear how it feels to be your age and witnessing and being aware of it all. So I'll just start with that and ask kind of on a general level, how you are feeling day to day, let's say in the last month. And yeah, anything you can share about your experience, especially for people who aren't teenagers and recognizing you are only two teenagers. But I think your voice probably reflects and your experiences reflect others as well. So I'll just leave it open to begin with and just say, how does it feel to wake up each morning right now as we live in this period? It's kind of crazy because I can already picture myself trying to explain to my kids this point in time and how something like I have to read New York Times articles for my AP language class. And like, there's so many different stories going on and so many things that also are kind of being pushed aside right now because of the pandemic and everything going on in politics, which is like crazy to me because a story that 
might be front page news two years ago is now like hidden in the depths that nobody really knows about, which I just think is crazy. I guess I want to talk about or focus on online school. It's just been unbelievably repetitive and just like going to school just doesn't even feel real anymore. It's just the same thing constantly. And it's just been really frustrating and not that fun. And like even in my bio class for the last couple of months, it's like even on the first day of school, we're going in and we've been so used to just being online all the time and not talking to each other. Then when we come in, we have like five minutes of like sitting there before class and just no one's even talking. And I have like four of my best friends in that class and we're just sitting 15 feet away from each other, not even talking. It's just depressing. It's not fun at all. It just feels like the same thing every day. What do you think that's about, Gabe, specifically that you're sitting in silence when, you know, someone might assume, my gosh, you've been apart for months and here's your time to be together. What do you think causes this quiet? Yeah. In the like end of the summer, I was so excited. Like I'd seen a couple of my friends, but not a lot of them. And I thought going back to school would be like, oh, so fun. I get to see my friends all the time and actually talk to them. But like, I don't know if it's just because we're all used to just being online all the time and that, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like really like what it used to feel like in school where you're like doing group projects and you can hang out at lunch and like my friends, we would pack like 20 to a table during lunch and it's just taking all of that out where it's just, you're sitting far apart and really the only focus is on your work. It doesn't feel like what school should feel like. I don't know why I guess we don't really talk. I think it's being isolated just puts like an isolated mentality in your head on that. Like if you're sitting in a one desk in 10 feet away from someone, we're like when we used to sit in like groups of four where you can talk to people and like work with each other. Or like, even if you're doing silent work, you're still like six inches away from someone else. And it feels more like group and feels more real. And this just feels more isolated. I guess that's why I feel like my school and my friends have more of an isolated mentality right now. That makes so much sense. Ren, does it resonate for you? One thing that I've also just noticed is that I think there's a a lot of kids right now are having mental health issues as a result of this isolation that Gabe was talking about and how it's harder to connect with people and it's harder to just even hang out with friends because I feel especially living in a small town, there's not a lot to do that's outside, socially distanced. And even if there is, it's in the cold or when we're at school, it's only five minutes. So I think it's been a struggle as a teenager as well, because we don't have, we have this level of freedom that like we can drive now. We can like go hang out with friends without having parents there, but we still have this, like, we're not quite out of the nest yet. And so for me, COVID during this time is particularly difficult. Like I remember thinking, huh, I wonder what it would be like to be in elementary school, if it would be any easier because I don't have as much work. There's kids even that I teach for skiing who are done at 10 a.m. because they're elementary school like, oh yeah, we'll just give you a couple of things to do. Whereas in high school, it's like a daily grind. It's from, I wake up at eight usually and I don't finish until like 10 p.m. Obviously, I have a couple breaks in between, but I don't know. It's just the isolation in particular is hard. And there's not really much anyone can do about it either. I think it's such a good point. And I, what you both are saying echoes my feelings of sadness for 
all ages, but I think particularly I have a soft spot for your age as I, what Ren was talking about in terms of freedom and this bridge time of leaving the nest is kind of stifled at the moment because you, none of us have very many places we can go safely. So I appreciate your articulating that. And it makes me wonder what I was going to ask, are you hopeful for the future? But that feels almost like I'm putting words in your mouth. So I'm curious what you feel when I mentioned the future. And, and I guess I'm talking, I'm curious about both short term and longer term, what you think of when I say future. I think for me, the future looks like college, which is a process that usually you go and visit colleges. You go and meet people from the admissions and see students when it's in class. And I have friends this year who are seniors who visited two or three of the colleges they looked at, and those aren't their top colleges. And so for me, I'm hopeful for the future for the like closer future in the sense that I'm ready to get out of this town, but I'm also a little worried about how COVID will play into my schooling in college. But for the further future, I'm not really as worried. I'm hopeful that the pandemic kind of ends in the next year or so, which I think is hopeful, particularly because of the vaccine. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, it's hard to know really. Yeah, short-term future for me, this, like, in the last couple months, I guess, I've really taken the, like, extra time that I've had, because I only have school till one thirty to focus on, like, what I have after high school, focus on college, stuff like that. Like, so I don't really see it having much effect on my short-term. Like, Ren, I think, I expect with the vaccine that within a year or maybe a year and a half, we should be clearing the clearing the tunnel a little bit. And long-term effect, I don't really see much effect. So I guess I'm hopeful for the future. I really admire the optimism you two emanate. It could be really easy to and natural to be kind of angry and frustrated and impatient. And it feels like you two have adopted a mentality of not trying to control what we can't control and making the best and kind of doing what we can while we can, and at the same time, holding out this hope that this too shall pass. So yeah, I appreciate that context of kind of the day-to-day living. And I'd love to kind of zoom it out to our national landscape. And specifically, you know, noting that for the purposes of people listening, we are recording this the day after the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And That inauguration certainly came at a time when our country is feeling particularly fractured. And no matter what political leanings we each might have, I don't think there are many people who are living in society in the United States today that don't feel that division. And so I'd love to, again, kind of freeze time for a moment and just hear the two of you talk together about your impressions of maybe we should say January 2021 and what it's felt like to take in the events of the past three weeks. One thing that I have found interesting is we're learning about the Civil War in U.S. history right now, and there's a lot of similarities between the division, the leadership of trying to bring that unity back from the president 
and just the overall atmosphere of America right now, which I think is kind of scary, but also it feels like we've kind of, it's almost like we've ended the Civil War and now it's time for Reconstruction in a way, which I find, again, hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can come back together and unify and create a better America. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose the word scary? I mean, again, to compare this to the Civil War, there were people in the Capitol that were trying to kind of destroy democracy, who were trying to go against the ideals that America believes in. And I think it was just a moment of, wow, I can't believe that we're this disunified right now especially with the pandemic going on. Yeah, for the last month, it's the divisiveness is it's really sad. Or even going into 2020, it just it seems like it's just been peaking and that's been growing for the last year of all of 2020 and beginning of 2021. I think something my football coach says is that uh, flowers grow out of the battlefield, which is something that I think is really important. And that's how, like, from the worst situations – positive things usually come. And what I've been looking at lately after inauguration and the Capitol attack is the response after 9-11 of the country. When bad things happen to us that we need to come back together and focus on the positive things and come back together and be unified. um, But the difference between this and 9-11 is 9-11 was a attack from somewhere else. And now we're just attacking ourselves. And that's the biggest issue. I feel like But I hope that after this, we can come back together, unified. And that's what we need to work on for the next couple of years. And really for the future, that's the most important thing. It's not about being left or right. The most important part is being, we're all American. We're all sharing this country. That's the most important thing. That's more important than any political party. Amen. I say to that. And I'm curious if each of you can talk about or talk together about, I would think Ren would agree with your sentiment, Gabe, that that's critical, right? That we come together as citizens of the same country. And I'm curious, I don't know that we're doing a good job of it. And I'm saying we, I'll put myself with that, the generation that is not you, right? So let's say everyone 30 and over, or many people. And so I'm curious what your advice would be. And maybe you may want to take it on a a micro level. What do you do when you disagree with somebody? How do you get past that? Like you said that your generation wasn't doing a very good job of it, but I don't think ours is doing a very good job of it either, to be honest. Like over the summer with the um, protests, that created like a lot of division within my friends even. And that like uh, I think four or five of my friends have parents who are police officers and a couple of them, a couple of my friends live in Portland and were really involved with the Black Lives Matter protests and that they got into a lot of arguments about it with everything going on over the summer. And it was really divisive too. And I guess for advice or what I tried to do is that when it was getting heated is that I guess same thing of like, we're all Americans, like we're all friends. We were friends long before we knew about politics. We were friends when we were four and five and our friendship is much bigger than politics or an issue like that. Our friendship is about all the personality and all the experiences we've had together. Same thing with there's some like there's differences on both sides. And I think everyone understands that. 
but some of them you have to put aside to work together again. And you look at what you have in common and that's what you need to stress and that's what you need to focus on because there's some, I don't think there's any convincing some either side to change their opinion. I think that's just embedded in each party and that's not changeable. And stressing on that issue on each side is not, it doesn't do anything. It just promotes more divisiveness. Like even with media, like with large media corporations, Republicans only listening to Fox News, it just gasses them up. Or Democrats only listening to, I don't know, MSNBC. It just gasses them up and just creates more divisiveness and it doesn't help anyone. You got to focus on the important things and how we can grow together and be united and what's the, I guess, the commonalities between us all. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one thing that Angus said, which I thought was really interesting, was he listened to Ted Cruz one time, like congressmen have lunches together just to kind of get to know each other better. And he sat down with Ted Cruz and just talked to Ted about their backgrounds. And he started to understand him more as a person and understand his point of view. And I think that's also an important element because like Gabe said, you're not really always going to be able to convince people otherwise. So I think it's important to at least understand where they're coming from. You may not agree with gun laws, but can you understand where they're coming from? You may not agree with uh, pro-life, but it's important to understand other people's perspectives. I really appreciate the depth and breadth that you explored in that sharing the idea that we do not need to agree and from what Gabe was saying initially, that may even be somewhat impossible because even if someone's not stubborn, you know, this may be their value. And it sounds like one of the more important pieces is this idea of listening and respecting one another's opinions. And if I'm right, like finding common ground where you can come together, but that it may be wasted energy to try to be in the work of convincing that when we have arguments, we don't have to be in this place of having to change the other person's mind, that it's more important that we show up and listen and respect where somebody else is coming from. So do you two have hope that we can, I should say that politicians and policymakers, and then that trickles down to us as citizens, that we can come to compromise and common ground and common understanding? And what will inspire that? Why will this be different than six months ago? I think what gives me hope is that one thing, this sounds kind of simple, is there's really nowhere to go about at this point in divisiveness. So I think that the Republican Party and the GOP learned, I think, I hope so, that learned the, or through the last four years, the amount of divisiveness and what can happen. And I think in general, and I don't know what the left learned about it either. I don't know what both sides learned, but I feel like yeah, there's nowhere to go but up and that I feel like people soon will start understanding that no one wants to go down to that point again. I don't think anyone wants another civil war again. That's not a good thing to happen. And that I think that my generation in general or and Wren's is that more people are more understanding, or at least out of my friends, they're like a lot of them have different political opinions. And I think that they're more understanding and 
more able to listen to other people's opinions and that gets more productive. Like I've heard more productive conversations out of me and one of my friends who's about politics than some like 50 year old adults. And I hope that our generation can be more unified and more productive with the conversations, being able to listen to other people. And I think we can learn from the failures of the generation above us, like Gabe is saying, that can't always have productive conversations. And that doesn't mean that we also, there's definitely people in our generation that won't listen to the other side. But I think overall, because we have seen what it's done to this country, I'm hopeful that we grow from this. So I'm curious, as we bring this podcast to a close, with this hope that our generation of adults can support teens and help you grow into the people you want to be. And I think it's imperative that we listen to your voices and hear your needs and your wants. And so I'm curious what you would like in terms of support or even behaviors of adults so that you too can live with hope and that you can go out into this world and feel a confidence and feel empowered to be the people you want to be and hold the opinions you want to hold and lead communities and make connections in ways that you want to. What do you want adults to do to support you in in that part of your journey? I kind of have an interesting answer to this. I don't think that this will apply to Ren or that many people, but the help I want really is not any help. Is that I feel like to get where I want to get in life and to grow to the person that I want to be, I have to go through the struggles and the issues that will come my way. And I want to be able, like, I don't know. I feel like getting help through some of that isn't, won't grow me because it's, I don't know. And I want to get through it by myself so that I can be better as a person and get through my successes so that the struggle can bring me to further successes that I want to get to. I'm not your parent, but I have a child your age. (laughs) And I appreciate, you know, it's, this is an exercise for parents when we have children 16, 17, 18 years old. It's an exercise in letting go. So I, maybe you've, feel extreme and maybe they experience you that way. And I think there's real merit to what you're saying in terms of wanting to fall down and get up on your own and have that sense of confidence that you just survived that. And I would invite you to let your parents be a part of the experiences in whatever ways you can, because it helps us know you're going to be okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like the two of you are wanting adults to support you through trusting you and through believing in you and that that is fuel for you to be able to go out into the world and kind of be your best selves. Does that capture it? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I get that. There's nothing quite like someone believing in you and seeing you for all that you are. And I think as adults, we do our best to try to lend guidance along the way And I can absolutely appreciate that sometimes things get lost in translation and what we think is guiding you feels more like telling you or pulling you or holding you too tightly. And so maybe part of this is asking for the adults in your lives to believe in you and trust you and let you mess up as well so that you can kind of be better for it on the other side. It's interesting as I'm talking and listening to you, 
it's almost like what we might want to ask of one another in society, that we have a little bit more trust in one another and kind of a belief in the greater good and belief that we all want what is best, whether it's for ourselves, our families, our communities, our country. Let's end with, can each of you talk about what gives you hope as we move forward? What gets you up in the morning and how can we, I'd like to kind of sprinkle that out into the airwaves. What can you share with us gives you hope? I really like what Gabe said about how flowers grow on battlefields and how we've been in this dark place, but things that give us hope is that it's kind of hard to go deeper down than this. We've kind of hit rock bottom and we're only going to get better from here. Yeah, I would say what gives me, I agree with what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So inspiring in, in different ways. I want to thank you two for your honesty and your listening to one another. It's interesting just to be in this conversation and witness you modeling what we hope for in our society. I'd love to end with a single word from each of us that describes how we are feeling in this moment. So if you can think for a moment and then just offer a single word that captures where you are, I would appreciate ending that way. Well, I think you've already said it a couple of times, but just the idea of hope. I think for me is what this conversation has been about. And my word would be understanding. My word would be admiration. I'm admiring of the two of you and your generation. So thanks again for being here today. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to help support teens, please hop on over to volomain.org slash donate. Your generous contribution helps to fund free retreats and workshops for young people across Maine, as well as the recording of this podcast. Thank you. Music from this episode was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It was a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time, take good care.